0: (laughs) making the world a better place (laughs) one show at a time the George Wilder Jr. show is now the George Wilder Jr. show is now on the air (laughs) alright Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. <clears throat> Alright, welcome to the George Water Jr. Show. We have had a quite a bit of hiatus, folks, and I hope that you have been enjoying the podcast. The uh, uh the shows that are available for listening and anytime that uh we're not broadcasting live so and always enjoy the podcast even if the show you are listening still enjoy the podcast because they are uh, awesome <laughs> and i'm not saying that because i'm the radio host anyway welcome uh to the george wilder jr show this is going into actually um uh, almost the end of may here uh but that, you know whether it's may june or july or august september december <laughs> january it is still uh awesome to listen to the george Walter jr show all of those old shows and a lot of them sound just as if they were recorded uh live when you're actually listening to them as a podcast as a recorded show so they're, they're good shows i've been told that so um Anytime I'm not on the air, just just plug in one of those uh <laughs> the, the older shows, a guest or no guest, uh plug in one of those old shows. Okay, this is the George Wander Jr. show on Block Talk Radio. Glad to be back, glad you're out there, glad you're listening, glad for your uh, I don't want to say loyalty, but your listenership and uh, that's beautiful, that's great. And we always try to have something exciting on the show, even if it's just me.
1: <laughs>
0: uh it's 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 always uh, fun. It's always great. It's always knowing that you're out there. And I, once again, I want to say uh, I'm glad and um, uh, I'm always, uh, I, I listen to a lot of uh, talk shows sometimes and I very seldom, I listen to talk shows to find out what I shouldn't be doing. Okay. That I, I listen to talk shows and most of them are the same. And I, I try to be a little different because I come on the show saying, hey, well, I hope you guys are feeling great. I talk about the weather. I say, hey, well, I hope it's uh, great where you are, wherever you are. I don't hear them saying that. I try to be a little bit different from the other traditional talk shows. And, um, and, a, and a lot of people are finding that to be a positive thing, a good thing. And I do, too. I, I try to be different. I, I don't want to be like someone else. And I'll say that to young people out there, too. If you want to be something great, do not try to be like someone else. But uh, study what they're doing realize what they're doing and then turn that around into doing it the way you want to do it because you don't want to be like somebody let's say pull a name out of a hat or something um LeBron James everybody if you want to play if you want to play basketball you want to be like LeBron James you cannot be like LeBron James. You have to be yourself. You have to be you, but that doesn't mean that you can't study and emulate LeBron James. You just play basketball your way and be successful at playing it your way, you know, but and I, as I try to tell a lot of people, if if it's somebody out there that you emulate, that's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you can be like them for a while, but after a while, you have to turn around and start doing your own thing because LeBron James is already made you have to make yourself. You have to be Michael Johnson or, who, or Sarah Huckleby <laughs> I was going to say Sarah Huckabee. Or Sarah, or Sarah Green or, or, or someone. You have to, I guess what I'm saying is you have to be yourself. And I, I tell young people this sometimes. I used to tell young people this. And, you know, um, there was this person, I'm not going to give his name, but we, we're, uh, uh, he wanted to be a trumpet player. He wanted to play trumpet and he didn't know how to play trumpet. Okay, so but he wanted to play trumpet. And the first thing I told him was that in order to play a trumpet, you have to you have to research and listen to other people who have also played the trumpet. But you don't have to be like them because they're already made and you're trying to make yourself. So you want to. But there's nothing, nothing wrong with listening to other people playing the type of instrument that you want to play. And uh, and then play, because that's how I that's how I learned to play the guitar. And that's how I learned to play the piano is that I was emulating other people of the past who uh, played these things and they were good at it. And that's what I always say. If you're going to be like someone, uh, uh, choose the best to be like, you know, you don't want to be like somebody who's not the best or you're not going to be the best. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We're so glad to be back here, folks. You just don't, you really just don't know. We're going to take a little musical break. Thanks for tuning in. Right, we're back. <laughs> that was a short one. Uh it's beautiful in the city of Chicago, folks, and I hope it's beautiful wherever you are. And welcome to the George Wilder Junior Show, The Talk About Times. You know, I've I've been on the show for a long time, and I very seldom say the talk about times on whenever I'm producing the show or directing the show or writing the show, I'm always putting in the talk about times, but I know this but I hardly ever say talk about times on the air or W T T T Y, which which are the station's call numbers. Um I try not to be like other traditional radio shows. I try not to be like that. It may hurt or it it may hinder or hurt or whatever. And then again, it may be a positive thing because I've always wanted to be different from the other guys. I mean, but I always emulated them. I followed them, I studied them, but I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be just like them. And that's what I try to get across to some young people. Don't try to be just like somebody that you admire. Admire them. Follow them, study them, but study them to the point where you can start doing your own thing. You can be you because LeBron James is already made. He's already there. You don't need to be LeBron James.
1: <laughs>
0: There's too many other people in the world who wants to be LeBron James, and LeBron James is LeBron James. I'm not saying do not play basketball. Yes, play basketball, but be your own uh, uh, hero. Do your own thing. Be different. Be better than LeBron James, if that is possible. Okay, <laughs> we're we're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. I am George Wilder, and I'm proud to be here. All right, let's talk some news. Okay, is, Israeli forces killed dozens of Palestinians as protests intensify over the U.S. embassy in, Jeruz, in Jeruz, Jerusalem. I can't. I, I even written about Jerusalem, and I can't even say it. Uh, in Gaza. Palestinian protests quickly turned into a bloodshed. Ah, uh, this nobody everybody knows this. This is the remnants of Donald Trump and his uh, Iran, uh, his Iran uh, policies pulling us out of the nuclear deal. So I don't know. Uh, we always got to try try to find something positive to say. Israeli troops shot dead dozens of Palestinian protesters on the Gaza border on Monday as the United States opened its embassy to Israel in Jerusalem, a move that has fueled Palestinian anger and drew foreign criticism that it undermined peace efforts. This is this is Donald Trump. This is this is his thing. Um, Donald Trump always give the green light to uh, to hate. And, you know, he tries to um, deflirt it. Um, but you know what I think all of this stuff is, folks, I really think most of this stuff is just a diversion. Donald Trump's doing, trying to start a war or doing things uh, uh, where a war is imminent. And uh, this is one of those things. Uh, this is one of those things. And then when a war, then when uh, violence like this break out, he tries to divert uh, the blame somewhere else or he's trying to say he, he it wasn't his fault. He didn't do anything to cause this. And we know uh, that's not true. And um, I don't know. It, it just the world is in a mess. It's And that's why the George Wilder Jr. show is here to make the world a better place. And we try not to be like other radio shows, other podcasts, other traditional radio Trying to be a little different, a little different, a little angle on it. I've been approached many times to get sponsors on the show. George, put sponsors on the show. You'll make money. Um, That's that's it's it's always a possibility. It's always a possibility that that could happen. But I'm fine. You know, (laughs) everything's going great, and uh, it's a beautiful. I I woke up this morning. We woke up this morning, and it was. Pouring down raining in the city of Chicago. I mean, it was dark, gray, cloudy. It was just looked awful, scary, and eerie outside. So I, you know, I had to do some banking today. So I went downtown to do some banking the minute I came from out of the bank. It was like summer. It was like a beautiful, gorgeous summer day. It's that just shows you how um uh, how the weather changes in the city of Chicago. And it was beautiful. It, I mean, it was beautiful. I went and bought some guitar strings and, and the clerk behind who was who sold me the strings and how beautiful and how the weather changed. Everybody is saying that uh, Chicago has some w- weird weather, but we stick around here anyway, right? <laughs> because we love it. We love the city of Chicago and I hope you love it where you are and hope you're you having a great day. And I hope your day has been full of sunshine, full of sunshine. And uh, there's some sad news today, folks. If anybody ever watched um, um, Superman, and, uh, and I'm talking about Christopher Reeve, um, Superman. Christopher Reeve has passed long. He passed long ago. But now, Loris Lane, Margot Kidder, the actress who played Loris Lane, she just uh, passed away today at the age of 69. Margo Kidder. Uh, She's in all four of uh, Christopher Reeves' Supermans, and if I can divert a little bit, I I think uh, that Christopher Reeves' Superman is probably the best Superman that I've, uh, of all the other ones that I know. Henry Cavill, I mean, he's he's okay, he's passable, but I do think uh, uh, Christopher Reeves' Superman, he's more likable. Than, than Henry Cavill, I think he's more likable than Henry Cavill. He's he's always smiling and joking and and uh, you know not taking things that seriously, whereas um, it's quite the uh, <laughs> opposite for Henry Cavill if you've seen Superman. Anyway, actress uh, Margot Kidder, who rose to fame playing Lois Lane in the 1978 film Superman, has died at the age of 69. Okay, a representative of Kidder told the actress, told us that the actress died in her sleep on May 13th. Oh, she died on May thir- 13th. Why are we hearing about it now, right? It, this is later. Anyway, she is survived by her daughter. Okay. All righty. Here they have clips of her pictures and photographs of her uh, in the Superman movie with christopher reeve matter of fact i i in my uh uh, video uh library i do have uh all four movies of uh superman with her starring uh okay kidder's career declined in the 1980s but she returned to the public eye into the public to the public eye in 1996 as she was dealing with a mental health issue mental health issues that had left her homeless Wow, I, I think I heard about that. She was homeless. And I, I tell people all the time anybody can end up homeless. You don't have to be uh, uh, poor to end up homeless. You could be, I mean, you have a lot of uh, famous people out here who are now homeless. You take Sly Stone of the Sly Stone of the slide and the Family Stones. You take Randy, Randy, um, quaid who's the brother of um i forget this guy's name dennis quaid okay and then you have Margot kidder and there's been other um stars and actresses who found themselves out in the streets homeless and i tell people all the time homelessness could uh, happen to anybody it doesn't matter who you are what color you are your age or anything uh uh, when these things happen, they happen. And so, uh, you know, uh, Margo Kidder, yeah, she was left homeless. Wow. She was later diagnosed with maniac depression, telling people, I guess the magazine, that she had been diagnosed with a condition, uh, with this condition in the late 1980s, but refused to take the recommended prescription, literate, uh, to tr- that that treatment at the time. OK, and um, here she is with uh, Jay Leno on the Jay Leno show tonight's show. Uh, I'm quoting her here. Uh, it's very hard to convince a m- m- maniac person, manac person. I'm, I'm thinking manac, uh, that there is anything wrong with him. You have no desire to sleep. You are full of ideas. <laughs> anyway, she was married three times, but had been single since. You know, the, the um, 1980s. Wow. Margo Kidder, dead. Uh, the actress from the uh, Christopher Reeves' Superman movies. Wow. She died at the age of 69. She died today. Actually, she died May 13th, but they uh, are uh, reporting it today, which I think is wrong. But anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show on Black Talk Radio. Uh, we will be right back. We are going to Take a, let's see what we can do here. We're looking, George Carlin on getting old.
2: Maybe Perhaps I shouldn't you've play noticed we of... no longer have old people in this country. They're all gone now, replaced by senior citizens. Somehow we wound up with millions of these unfortunate creatures known as golden agers or mature adults. These are cold, lifeless antiseptic terms, typically American all ways of sidestepping the fear of aging and it's not difficult to understand the fear of aging it's natural and it's universal no one wants to get old no one wants to die but we do we die and we don't like that so we shade the truth i started doing it when i reached my 40s i'd look in the mirror at that time and think well i guess i'm getting older That sounded a little better than old. Sounded like it might even last a bit longer. But people forget that older is comparative, and they use it as an absolute. She's an older woman. Oh, really? Older than what? Than she used to be? Well, yeah. So? People think getting old is bad because they think being old is bad. But you know something? Being old is just fine. In fact, it can be terrific. And anyway, it's one of those things you don't get to choose. It's not optional. But that insufferable group among us known as baby boomers, ages 42 through 59 as of 2005, are beginning to get old. And they're having trouble dealing with that. Remember, these baby boomers are the ones who gave us this soft, politically correct language in the first place. So rather than admit they're getting old, the baby boomers have come up with a new term, To describe themselves as they approach the grave they don't care for middle-aged so instead get this folks instead they claim to be pre-elderly don't you love that pre-elderly it's a real word you don't hear it a lot but it's out there the boomers claim that if you're between 50 and 65 you're pre-elderly but i'd be willing to bet that in 2011, when they begin turning 65, they will not be calling themselves elderly. I have a hunch they'll come up with some new way of avoiding reality. And I have a suggestion for them. They should call themselves the pre-dead. It's a perfect term, because for them, it's accurate, and it's highly descriptive. By the way, though...
3: the special prosecutor, would love to interview Donald Trump about the firings of Michael Flynn, uh, his former national security advisor, and James Comey, the former director of the FBI, and that he would love to get these interviews rolling as soon as next week, if possible. Now, The Trump administration, about a week ago, uh, responded to Mueller's request for an interview with Donald Trump by just sending written answers over to him, hoping that that would be enough. They were essentially trying to hide Trump from having to go and talk to Mueller directly. Well, that didn't work. There's nowhere left for Donald Trump to hide, and if he wants to continue on as president, at least for now, he's going to have to go talk to Mueller. And considering that uh, reports are saying he wants to talk about the firings of Flynn and Comey, it is very likely that right now this interview would center mostly on obstruction of justice charges against Donald Trump. Here's what we know and what we still need to know about all of this. First and foremost, reports are saying that it is about the Comey and Flynn firings, and so that would lean towards obstruction of justice. A few other reports have said that it could also deal with financial dealings with Donald Trump himself, which would point the investigation in a similar, though slightly different, direction. We do not necessarily know at this time what exactly he will be questioned about, but we do know in the last few days, uh, it came out that Michael Flynn, when he interviewed with Mueller, did not let Donald Trump know that he was going to do this. Uh, Flynn has now hired a lawyer who is notorious for making plea deals and working with prosecutors uh, to hand over evidence, so that's a plus on Mueller's side and probably a pretty scary thing for Donald Trump's side. And We also know that Donald Trump has allegedly had pressured the uh, 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 director of the FBI to fire uh, Andrew McCabe and uh, 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 Ray. I forget which way that goes, everything's getting a little confusing at this point, but either way, that could also potentially be obstruction of justice. So. Mueller has a lot to work with at this point. Donald Trump has nowhere left to hide. His written answers recently uh, clearly were not sufficient for Mueller, or they opened up even more doors than Mueller thought that he had available.
0: The bottom line
3: is that Donald Trump is running out of room. He's running out of places to hide, and he's running out of excuses. And according to reports, even his top advisors are warning him that he could be walking right into a perjury trap. Uh, with the special prosecutor because he has no idea what everybody else has told him. Again, that's how investigations work to see if you can catch somebody in a lie, and they're terrified that Donald Trump is going to walk right into a trap set by Mueller and end up committing some kind of impeachable offense that has nothing to even do with the actual investigation and any crimes that may be uncovered there. Donald Trump may in fact commit a crime while talking to special prosecutor Robert (laughs) Mueller. And to be honest, I think a lot of us are hoping for that. I think we want to see Donald Trump go in there and lie his ass off to a guy that can prove that he's lying and finally get a little comeuppance in his life. Because as much as this is about protecting the office of the presidency and protecting our system of government here in the United States by removing this corrupt individual, it's also about somebody who has skirted the law for 70 years of his life. Somebody who has committed acts so disgusting and so heinous that it would have landed most people in prison, yet he continues to get away with it. Robert Mueller could be the person to finally bring justice to the Trump family, and as a side effect, possibly save the office of the presidency from further uh, 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 tarnish from Donald Trump. Time will tell. Hopefully, this interview is going to take place sooner rather than
0: Folks, we're having some difficulty. It's raining and storming in the city of Chicago and storming, so it may affect the programming a little bit, so we're going to try to hang in there.
4: i here today to talk about a disturbing question, which has an equally disturbing answer. My topic is the secrets of domestic violence. And the question I'm going to tackle is the one question everyone always asks. Why does she stay? Why would anyone stay with a man who beats her? I'm not a psychiatrist, a social worker, or an expert in domestic violence. I'm just one woman with a story to tell. I was 22. I had just graduated from Harvard College. I'd moved to New York City for my first job as a writer and editor at Seventeen Magazine. I had my first apartment, my first little green American Express card, and I had a very big secret. My secret was that I had this gun loaded with hollow point bullets pointed at my head by the man who I thought was my soulmate many, many times. The man who I loved, more than anybody on earth, held a gun to my head and threatened to kill me more times than I can even remember. I'm here to tell you the story of crazy love, a psychological trap disguised as love, one that millions of women and even a few men fall into every year. It may even be your story. I don't look like a typical domestic violence survivor, I have a BA in English from Harvard College, an MBA in Marketing from Wharton Business School. I spent most of my career working for Fortune 500 companies, including Johnson & Johnson, Leo Burnett, and The Washington Post. I've been married for almost 20 years to my second husband, and we have three kids together. My dog is a black lab, and I drive a Honda Odyssey minivan. (laughs) So my first message for you is that domestic violence happens to everyone. All races, all religions, all income and education levels, it's everywhere. And my second message is that everyone thinks domestic violence happens to women, that it's a women's issue. Not exactly. Over 85% of abusers are men. And domestic abuse happens only in intimate, interdependent, long-term relationships. In other words, in families,
1: it the last the woman, place the we would
4: want or expect to find in. violence, which is one reason domestic abuse is so them. confusing.
1: Yeah,
4: I would have told you myself that I was the last person, person on earth who would stay with a man who beats me. Weaker. But in fact, I was a very typical victim because of my age. I was 22, and in the United States, women ages 16 to 24 are three times as likely to be domestic violence victims as women of other ages. And over 500 women and girls this age are killed every year by abusive partners, boyfriends and husbands in the United States. I was also a very typical victim because I knew nothing about domestic violence, its warning signs or its patterns. I met Connor on a cold, rainy January night. He sat next to me on the New York City subway and he started chatting me up. He told me two things. One was that he, too, had just graduated from an Ivy League school and that he worked at a very impressive Wall Street bank. But what made the biggest impression on me that first meeting was that he was smart and funny. And he looked like a farm boy. He had these big cheeks, these big apple cheeks, and this wheat blonde hair, and he seemed so sweet. One of the smartest things Connor did from the very beginning was to create the illusion that I was the dominant partner in the relationship. He did this, especially at the beginning, by idolizing me. We started dating, and he loved everything about me. That I was smart, that I'd gone to Harvard, that I was passionate about helping teenage girls and my job. He wanted to know everything about my family and my childhood, my hopes and dreams. Connor believed in me as a writer and a woman, in a way that no one else ever had. And he also created a magical atmosphere of trust between us by confessing his secret, which was that as a very young boy, starting at age four, he had been savagely and repeatedly physically abused by his stepfather. And the abuse had gotten so bad that he had had to drop out of school in eighth grade, even though he was very smart. And he'd spent almost 20 years rebuilding his life. Which is why that Ivy League degree and the Wall Street job and his bright, shiny future meant so much to him. If you had told me that this smart, funny, sensitive man who adored me would one day dictate whether or not I wore makeup, how short my skirts were, where I lived, what jobs I took, who my friends were, and where I spent Christmas, I would have laughed at you because there was not a hint of violence or control or anger in Connor at the beginning. I didn't know that the first stage in any domestic violence relationship is to seduce and charm the victim. I also didn't know that the second step is to isolate the victim. Now, Connor did not come home one day and announce, you know, hey, this, all this Romeo and Juliet stuff has been great, but I need to move into the next phase where I isolate you and I abuse you. <laughs> so I need to get you out of this apartment where the neighbors can hear you scream and out of this city where you have friends and family and coworkers who can see the bruises. Instead, Connor came home one Friday evening, and he told me that he had quit his job that day, his dream job. And he said that he had quit his job because of me, because I had made him feel so safe and loved that he didn't need to prove himself on Wall Street anymore. And he just wanted to get out of the city and away from his abusive, dysfunctional family and move to a tiny town in New England where he could start his life over with me by his side. Now, the last thing I wanted to do was leave New York. And my, my dream job, but I thought you made sacrifices for your soulmate. So I agreed, and I quit my job, and Connor and I left Manhattan together. I had no idea I was falling into crazy love,
0: and you but I was walking headfirst in into a carefully laid physical,
4: financial, and psychological trap. Below your ass. The next step I'm in the domestic be- violence pattern is to introduce the threat of violence and see how she reacts. And here's where those guns came in. How did you carry it?
1: As soon as we moved to New England,
4: know that place where Connor was supposed to feel so safe, he bought three guns. He kept one in the glove compartment of our car.
0: He kept one
4: under the pillows on our bed. And the third one he kept in his pocket at all times.
1: And he said that he needed those guns
4: because of the trauma he'd experienced as a young boy. He needed them to feel protected. But those guns were really did a you, message were, for me. How did
0: you get so damn even
4: though he hadn't raised a hand to me, my life was already in grave danger oh, every you, minute did of you, every day. Did you open the umbrella? Oh, no. yeah. Connor first physically attacked me I five you. days before our wedding. It was 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still well, had I, on my I, nightgown. You couldn't, you couldn't hold- I was working on my computer them. trying to finish if a freelance writing assignment, pulled, and I got frustrated. I you, you and Connor used back. my anger as an excuse that's to put, put both of his hands want. around my neck to and to squeeze so tightly back. that I could not breathe or scream. And, two, and he used the chokehold to hit here. my head repeatedly against the wall. Five days later, the ten bruises on my neck had just faded,
1: and I put on my mother's wedding dress.
0: And, and I, I married clothes, him. Put him in a dirty clothes. Hang Despite jacket, what had happened, I was Every
4: sure was we were going to live clothes. happily ever after.
1: Because I loved him. And he
4: loved me so much. And he was very, very sorry. He had just been really stressed out by the wedding and by becoming a family with me. It was an isolated incident, and he was never going to hurt me again. It happened twice more on the honeymoon. <laughs> The first time, I was driving to find a secret beach, and I got lost. And he punched me in the side of my head so hard that the other side of my head repeatedly hit the driver's side window. And then a few days later, driving home from our honeymoon, he got frustrated by traffic, and he threw a cold Big Mac in my face. Connor proceeded to beat me once or twice a week for the next two and a half years of our marriage. I was mistaken in thinking that I was unique and alone in this situation. One in three American women experiences domestic violence or stalking at some point in her life. And the CDC reports that 15 million children are abused every year. 15 million. So actually, I was in very good company. Back to my question. Why did I stay? The answer is easy. I didn't know he was abusing me, even though he held those loaded guns to my head, pushed me downstairs, threatened to kill our dog, pulled the key out of the car ignition as I drove down the highway, poured coffee grinds on my head as I dressed for a job interview. I never once thought of myself as a battered wife. Instead, I was a very strong woman in love with a deeply troubled man and I was the only person on Earth who could help Connor face his demons. The other question everybody asks is, why doesn't she just leave? Why didn't I walk out? I could have left any time. To me, this is the saddest and most painful question that people ask, because we victims know something you usually don't. It's incredibly dangerous to leave an abuser, because the final step in the domestic violence pattern is kill her. Over 70% of domestic violence murders happen after the victim has ended the relationship, after she's gotten out, because then the abuser has nothing left to lose. Other outcomes include long-term stalking, even after the abuser remarries, denial of financial resources, and manipulation of the family court system to terrify the victim and her children who are regularly forced by family court judges to spend unsupervised time with the man who beat their mother. And still we ask, why doesn't she just leave? I was able to leave because of one final sadistic beating that broke through my denial. I realized that the man who I loved so much was going to kill me if I let him. So I broke the silence. I told everyone, the police, my neighbors, my friends and family, total strangers. And I'm here today because you all helped me. We tend to stereotype victims as grisly headlines, self-destructive women, damaged goods. The question, why does she stay? is code for some people for, it's her fault for staying. As if victims intentionally choose to fall in love with men intent upon destroying us. But since publishing Crazy Love, I have heard hundreds of stories from men and women who also got out, who learned an invaluable life lesson from what happened, and who rebuilt lives joyous, happy lives as employees, wives, and mothers, lives completely free of violence. Like me, because it turns out that I'm actually a very typical domestic violence victim and a typical domestic violence survivor. I remarried a kind and gentle man. We have those three kids. I have that black lab, and I have that minivan. What I will never have again, ever, is a loaded gun held to my head by someone who says that he loves me. Now, right now, maybe you're thinking, wow, this is fascinating. Or, wow, how stupid was she? But this whole time, I've actually been talking about you. I promise you, there are several people listening to me right now who are currently being abused or who were abused as children, or who are abusers themselves. Abuse could be affecting your daughter, your sister, your best friend right now. I was able to end my own crazy love story by breaking the silence. I'm still breaking the silence today. It's my way of helping other victims. And it's my final request of you. Talk about what you heard here. Abuse thrives only in silence. You have the power to end domestic violence simply by shining a spotlight on it. We victims need everyone. We need every one of you to understand the secrets of domestic violence. Show abuse the light of day by talking about it with your children, your coworkers, your friends and family, Recast survivors as wonderful, lovable people with full futures. Recognize the early signs of violence. And conscientiously intervene, de-escalate it, show victims a safe way out. Together, we can make our beds, our dinner tables, and our families the safe and peaceful oases they should be. Thank you.
0: And thank you for that. All right, the
1: all
0: right. Trump tells his leaky staffers they are traitors and cowards. Forever with the name calling. I mean, this guy cannot say anything to anybody without calling them a name and traitors and cowards should be directed straight at him. He's a traitor and he's a coward. And he's calling, uh, he's he's saying that about his own staff. This shows you how tr- Donald Trump would throw his own staff and people that are loyal to him under the bus first before he goes. Um he has a lot of nerve. This guy has a lot of nerve. He has no feelings. He has no empathy. He has no feelings for nothing or no one uh, but himself. And if he tries to act as if he has feelings for someone, um, it's probably been rehearsed. Because Donald Trump is 71, 72 years old. He is not going to change being a racist, a white supremacist, a hater, and an instigator of violence. He is not going to change. That is what he is. And he's proud of it. And his dumb, stupid, ignorant supporters, deplorables, they are proud of it too. It's another thing. Those guys, um, I was I was on Facebook the other day and there was a uh, post saying that uh, if Trump is impeached, um, there will be violence in the street. Get your guns. These are... Uh, this is, this is in Maryland, and these people who post this sign uh, are his supporters, and they're saying if he's impeached, uh, get your guns, as if they're the only ones who have guns. Liberals have more guns than, <laughs> than um, uh, conservatives or GOP or Republicans, whatever you want to call them. But I'm not advocating violence on this show. It just shows you how dumb and stupid his his, report, his supporters are. They don't care if this man go out and, and shoot somebody on the street. Uh, they're going to still support Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump will be in jail and they will still support him. i saying that uh, if Donald Trump is impeached, uh, that there will be blood in the streets. These are his supporters are dumb and stupid. They are trying to threaten violence. They should be locked up for threatening violence, period. I mean, it, yeah, that's against the law to threaten someone with violence. You know, at least it's supposed to be. But in Donald Trump's era, uh, in Donald Trump's uh, uh, time, these people doesn't—they don't give a damn about the law. They—they they don't care about the law. They skirt the law. But when the FBI come busted in, <laughs> into their homes to lock their asses up, they're gonna get a rude awakening that they better obey the law. Um, Yeah, Trump is calling his staffers, people who work with him, work for him, work around him. He's calling them traitors for leaking information that I guess was not supposed to be leaked. It was confidential, classified, or whatever. Um, And he's saying that they're a bunch of traitors. Now... Now, people, I figure a lot of people who work with Trump and around Trump and under Trump, they know Trump would throw them under the bus. How can you work with somebody who who does, I could never work for Donald Trump because Donald Trump would never trust me. He trusts me when it when it benefits him, but you know he would throw me under the bus if it, if it was going to save his ass. I mean, I couldn't work for an employer like Donald Trump, knowing that he's going to throw me under the bus one day uh, just for the hell of it. I mean, when you when you call your staffers traitors and cowards, that's a broad statement. That's a generalization. You're not choosing any. You're not being specific. You're not you're not choosing anyone specifically. You just broadly that. Your staffers are traitors and cowards. You know, in other words, he's calling everybody around him traitors and cowards. Everybody. He doesn't, this man, he just ruined lives. He just ruined lives. He just, he, uh, if you go around Donald Trump as a law-abiding citizen, you're going to come out a crook. I mean, he's even calling his chief of staff John Kelly. A traitor and a coward. I mean, because that's a broad statement. Nobody is singled out. Nobody is specifically named. That's a broad statement. So, you know, I I think because of this statement, uh, some of the people around them, they're probably going to continue to leak because they don't like him. They don't like him. And that's another Pet peeve. Maybe a lot of people around him in his circle don't like him, but they're they're there because they feel that they can't find a, other employment because giving Donald Trump as a reference is a guide to not getting an, any other job. He's a bad he's a bad employer. Uh, you know, a lot of people hate his guts. You know, and and if you worked for him and you find yourself out of work and you say, hey, wow, you need and the other employer is asking you for a reference from your other job and you give Donald Trump or the White House and Donald Trump hasn't uh, um, and he has yet to uh, uh, fulfill some of his promises that he made to some of those uh, business people out there who want to hire you, you will not get a job. You know, you were not going to get a job. So this this, uh, is bad for Donald Trump, I think. He makes enemies out of his friends. He makes enemies out of his loyal friends. I mean, the Republicans in Congress, majority of Republicans, they don't like Donald Trump. They complain about how he is, his behavior, and all of this kind of thing, and what he's doing to the country, but they will not. Do anything about him. They have the power to throw this guy, kick this guy out on his ass, but they won't do it because they're afraid to stand up to somebody like Donald Trump, who who I think is nobody. You know, but they need Donald Trump for some reason or other. And I've said several times on the show they need him to try to get their agenda through, which is destroying America and breaking the Constitution the laws of the Constitution and the laws of America. Because I think I heard Donald Trump say one day that the, the the laws here in America are unfair. Donald Trump says a lot of things. I think he actually forgets that he says I think he actually forgets that he says a lot of things and he'll deny that he said them, but you go back and pull the tape <laughs> of him saying it and there it is, you know. So he he'll deny he said a lot of things. I mean, a bunch of stuff. He will deny it and say that. No, and then you go back and you, like as I've said, you go back and you pull the tape, you pull that video, and there he is, right there, at one of his at one of his many rallies, saying saying what he did not say. He's one of the worst presidents ever, and he will go down in history as one of the worst, you know, one of the worst. And if anybody tried to find any redeeming quality in Donald Trump, it's a lie, you know. There's things that Donald Trump tried to do, A uh, very few things, I believe, that Donald Trump tried to view, tried to do that's uh, honorable. Uh, but he's done so much garbage uh, that anything he does that's honorable is overshadowed by uh, the law-breaking. Donald Trump wants a war. He, he, he probably will get a war. He wants it, and he feels that a war, I've heard this, he he feels that that a war will keep him in power. I doubt it. I, I really doubt it. I don't think a war, starting a war with uh, a, another country, uh, probably one that we can't win because he's such an asshole, is going to keep his ass in office. The other day he said he wanted to, I think it was at one of his latest rallies, he said that he wanted to be president past his two terms that means if he does if he does if he does uh two terms in office which is eight years or beyond eight years he wants to get a third fourth fifth and sixth term what makes him think he's gonna live that long a heart attack or stroke or something is is bound to (laughs) is bound to creep up on him old old age is bound to creep up on him he's 71 I guess he's just going to get crazier and crazier. There's no way this guy is going to uh, buck the Constitution. He doesn't give a damn about the Constitution or the laws. Donald Trump wants whatever comes out of his mouth to be whatever comes out of his mouth, and he wants people to do it. This guy has a lot of nerve. He has a lot of balls. He has a lot of gall. uh, And he keeps on making news every day because he talks out of his ass. Everything he says and does is designed to distract you and me away from the, Stammy, the, the Stormy Daniels scandals. The, excuse me, I can't even say it. The stormy Daniels scandals and Robert Mueller. These two things creeping up his ass. So he's gonna go out here and say this, do that to try to distract us away from that. Those talking points. He may distract us away from some, some of those things, but he will not distract Robert Mueller, the special counsel and the FBI who are investigating this. Obstruction of justice should be easily proved. It should be easily proved because Donald Trump does it every day, all the time, out in the open, out in the public. He, he announces that he's obstructing justice. So that should be an easy charge for him. Collusion, no doubt about it. Remember all those times we heard Donald Trump say, no collusion, no collusion. That's all he would say was those two words no collusion, no collusion. And what do we have? Collusion. So I still say, and I will say this, and I will be like Keith Overman I do think that Donald Trump will not make it to the midterms. If he makes it to the midterms, he will not make it to 2020 as as president of the United States. Robert Mueller, I mean, whatever he's doing, he's dotting all the I's and all the T's and getting all of this stuff straight so when he goes into the White House and handcuffs Donald Trump, it will be warranted. Warranted. and 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 kick his ass up out of our white house he doesn't belong there this is america he's making america a third world country make america great again give me a break he never that was just a slogan to get his ass to, for people to for dumb people to vote for him that's all that was a slogan to get dumb ass people to vote for him and they did and they truly truly did All right, you've been listening to the George Wander Jr. Show. It's 7 o'clock straight up Chicago time. And we've been talking about Donald Trump tells his leaky staffers that they are traitors and cowards. That's like an employer telling his employees or associates that they're scum. But, But you guys continue to come in every day. That's what this is like. They're scum. And... They may be working for Donald Trump, but I'm pretty sure they resent him. A lot of those folks probably hate his guts. You know, a lot of those folks feel they want to get out of the situation, but they can't because they're afraid they may not be able to find another job. Because so many people out here, business, and business people and entrepreneurs, they can't stand Donald Trump and they don't want to hire anybody who um, were uh, close to Donald Trump in employment. And, and it's a shame. It, 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 it's, it's a shame that we have this in the United States. But I do think that Donald Trump is going to be a footnote in history. I do think that. But before he's a footnote, he's, he has to be out of the office. He has to be out of the White House. And Don, he will be talked about once Donald Trump is out of the White House and he will be gone whether he's voted out or he's dragged out of the dead of a heart attack or a stroke or something because of all the stress <laughs> that he's suffering. I mean, he's no different from anybody else. This, this shit that swirls around him has to be stressful. And we all know stress can kill. We all know that stress can kill. Maybe Donald Trump doesn't. <laughs> Maybe that's why he gets away with it. He doesn't believe that's can kill. But I mean, any physician would tell you that. Any physician would tell you. But anyway, calling your staff, and I'm going to say this again, calling your staff traitors and cowards, is just like calling them scum. Now, who wants to work for an employer calls them and, and maybe treats them like scum? Wow, this guy is something else. And I will say this again, too, that I think a lot, even this uh, Israeli-Gaza uh, phenomenon, where all these people die, I think that's a distraction. Distraction away from the Russia investigation, distract, a distraction away from the Stormy Daniels situation, the scandals. I think it's all a distraction. Donald Trump distracts. He cannot fire Mueller. He cannot fire Robert Mueller. He, can, he he will not fire Jeff Sessions. He knows what's coming. And that's why he wants to start a war to try to keep his. Uh, he wants to stay in office. He wants to stay in office beyond eight years. I think this is the second time that the guy has said he wanted to uh, be president forever. You can't you're not going to live that damn long. Donald Trump is one of the oldest presidents of uh, one of the oldest candidates uh that's been voted in, into office in history He even 70 71 when he uh won the office that's and he what he expects to live to 90 <laughs> I don't know <laughs> anyway it it's it's crazy but Donald Trump is crazy and he's crazy dangerous he's crazy dangerous. He's a very, very dangerous man. He's a very, very, he's already started uh, uh, conflict in the Middle East. He'd already uh, done that, and they're killing each other because of it. Um, and, but I'm pretty sure he's saying that it's not his fault. He's not the blame. Or he's trying to say, you know, well, it's sad. It's, it shouldn't be happening. It should not happen, but he's the one who made it happen. Uh, pulling out of the Iran nuclear uh, deal that was wrong. Now we don't have any eyes on Iran they can they can make and come up with all the nuclear weapons that they can there's no there's no eyes and ears there because he's taken them away. Iran is free to make all kinds of nuclear weapons and bombs and just bomb their own bomb the their adjacent countries, even making missiles and, and nuclear uh, uh, Bombs and their with their capability to hit the United States. This is horrible. This is all. This, this is horrible, and this is something that's going to take years to rebuild. And it, it's just awful. And now he's. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump, uh, John Kelly, and a lot of people around him are denying it. Lies and liars prevail. Right. It reminds me that it reminds me of that book. I believe. Uh, what's that called? Comic name who turned senator? Uh, can't think of him. He was um, wrote out of the office for sexual conduct. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about? Lies and liars and liars who tell them. He had a book. I don't know if he was. <laughs> I don't know if he was uh, talking about Trump at the time, but it, it, it fits Trump right now. Trump has told over three thousand lies, and he's still lying, and he's still in office. I mean, anytime you tell that many lies to the American public, you should be thrown out of, out on your ass. But when you have a Congress that is complicit, complicit, it's tough. And now Trump supporters in Maryland and in the other parts of the United States are saying if Trump is impeached, they're going to get out their guns and it, and it's going to be war. Well, I'm going to tell the Trump supporters something. You're not the only one who has guns, Okay. You're not the only one who have guns. Liberals have guns, too. Independents, we have guns, too. It's almost like someone saying, um, if you don't do the right thing, I'm going to get my lawyer on you. I'm going to get the lawyers on you. As if you can't get a lawyer for yourself. You know, uh, It's crazy. It's dumb. But uh, lunatic uh, supporters are just all over the place. All over the place. I mean... United States have never been so divided. We're divided in every category. And Trump doesn't give a damn. This is way he, this is the way he wants it. When he goes out to these shitty rallies that he has, knock the media to knock the people who don't want his ass in office to say he wants to be president forever, to lie to his supporters, yell and lie to his supporters, uh, uh, instigate violence among his supporters to those who uh, do not see things his way. He's a mobster. The guy is a mobster, a gangster, a thug in the White House. There's not a doubt about it. He's a mobster. He's a thug. He's a bully. He's a five-year-old child. He doesn't know anything about leading, and he doesn't give a damn about doing those things. As long as he can make money off being president, that's about what he's doing, making money off the taxpayers, taking taxpayer money and shoving shoving it into his bank account. That's what's happening and getting away with it because the Republicans, they want tax. I think, didn't Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, say say that Donald Trump is, he said something positive about Donald Trump, Um, of course, and I can't think verbatim what he said, verbatim what he said, but he did say something positive about Donald Trump, and I thought, whoa, that's Paul Ryan, number one ass kisser of Donald Trump, but anyway, I think he said, I think he was alluding to the midterms, That Donald uh, Donald Trump was a great guy, or something to that effect, Uh, and I don't know how he could say that. I don't know who he's trying to influence by saying that. Uh, It just gets me every time these guys say the American people. The American people want this. The American. Who the hell are you talking about when you say the American people? The American people with some intelligence and some smart can't stand the light of you you must be talking about those crazy deplorable donald trump supporters because donald trump does a lot of things for his base he does a lot of things for his base he'll say a lot of things to get his base to to clapping for him and a lot another and another thing excuse me and another thing Donald Trump goes to these rallies once, twice, three times every month for one thing and for one purpose only. He goes to these rallies so he can hear people clap and cheer him. That's about it. When he says something stupid, dumb and ignorant, something that's not going to fly. But he's going to say it anyway because he wants people to cheer him. He wants people to uh, kiss his ass. This, this is, this is where he, why he goes to these rallies. Not so much as the, uh, because he has something uh, legitimate to say. He has nothing legitimate to, to say. Saying that he wants to be president for life is not legitimate. But he says that because he know his base is going to clap their asses off and yell. The stupid people are going to clap and yell their asses off. He goes to these rallies for one purpose and one purpose only to feel like he's king because they make him feel they make him feel like he's emperor of the world. That's why he goes. He can't go to to, um, to Spain or Canada to feel like <laughs> to feel like the emperor. he has to go to his base. And majority of the time. And his base, believe it or not, folks, is dwindling, dwindling. There are so many people who are unhappy with Donald Trump, who voted for Donald Trump because he said he was going to do this, do that, do this, do that. When it comes to job, agriculture, and, and, and coal mining, he disappointed them. And they are not on his side anymore. A lot of them are not. Just because you see all these people at his rallies, that's not even one tenth of the voting pro, uh, uh, public. That's a minority uh, of people, small minority of people that that uh, kissing his ass. The entire population of the United States is three hundred and twenty three hundred and twenty two million people. At Donald Trump's rally, Rallies, there's maybe a few thousand. Now, give me a break. Give me a break. But every day, every day, Donald Trump is worried about what's going to come out of the Mueller investigation, about what's going to come out of the uh, the scandals of the Stormer Daniels uh, mess. He's worried sick. That's why he's diverting. That's why he's distracting. That's why he's coming. And you know what? When he does distract, we follow. We follow the distraction because he's the president of the United States. So this, so we follow the distractions uh, because they are uh, tearing uh, America apart in a way. But just because we follow the, the distractions, we can never take our mind off the big picture. And the big picture is Robert Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into collusion, obstruction of justice, lying, <laughs> so on and so forth. Then you have the Stormy Daniels uh, scandals, sexual misconduct, money laundering, <laughs> sexual misconduct, money laundering, stealing, lying. um, Uh, things that are his lawyer, Michael Cohen. So we can never take our eyes off those things, things, because Donald Trump is trying to take our eyes off of all of that. And it's not working. It may have worked before, but it's not working. And now Donald Trump, from a lot of our our perspective, is trying to start a war. And this latest thing with uh, the Israelis and Gaza has gotten our attention because there have been blood shed shed only because donald trump basically gives the green light to to hate basically that's what he does give the green lights to nothing but to nothing but hate all right you've been listening to the george wilder jr show that's my sermon for the day folks and I do think that we have to, we have to do something. We have to take our country back. We have to blo- vote blue. It's we we've got to get Donald Trump out of there. Even if Donald Trump goes until the midterm, but the House of Representatives to Democrats. He may. All right, folks, we're having some internet connections. It could be that too many people are online, or, or it could be that we're having some slow, slow internet connections it happens it happens it's slow and uh every now and then we don't have to log back in so (laughs) thanks for sticking by sticking with sticking with me um i was talking about donald trump and um how are gonna have to we're gonna really have to try and um take back the world take back our country this guy has taken us down the wrong path he has he has alienated us from the world um People are contacting me and saying, people from Canada are contacting me and saying, George, George, what's happening to the United States? I mean, you, you, you guys are our neighbors. You are our neighbors. What, what's going on? What's happening? Um, as if they didn't know, what's happening is Donald Trump. He's the one that's taking America down the tubes and the rest of the world is saying, wow, uh, uh, they're feeling sorry for us. But um, uh, we're going to get out of this. We're going to get over this. and We're going to get uh, uh, out of this, and we're going to – we're going to get out of this. I mean, uh, Donald Trump cannot be president forever. Nobody can. I mean, because everybody dies. (laughs) Even if he tried to be president forever, uh, everybody dies. If he wants to be president after two terms, that's not going to happen. And I don't think that – uh congress democrats and republicans are going to change the constitution to make donald trump president for life and this is why i say donald trump just talks out of his ass and that's basically all he does and um We're just going to have to see what happens, folks. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to have, let's see who's on the show tomorrow. Uh, The George Wilder Jr. Show. Brian Renslow. Okay. He's going to be, that should be interesting. Brian Renslow on the George Wilder Jr. Show. That's going to be a guest. Uh, Today is just anything goes. Free talk. And that's what I've been doing. Free talk. On the George Wilder Jr. Show, the George Wilder Jr. Show is on the air, making the world a better place one show at a time. Hate, lies, have no home here. Uh, Be nice to one another out there. And that's one of the things I think I always try to say when I come on the show is be nice to one another. Be kind to one another if you can. (laughs) The moment to focus. uh, Okay, it says here, uh, the moment I focus on saying less, I communicate more basically talk less and uh, communicate more and always always vote blue vote blue Um, no matter where you are in america vote blue because we have to get these republicans out we see that these republicans are up to no good everywhere they are they're up to no good vote them out of uh the small uh local races vote them out Vote them out of your, uh, your, out, of, out of your Illinois delegation. Vote them out. Everywhere there's a Republican running, vote them out. There's a lot of Republican primaries uh, going on in the United States. However, in the general election, whoever wins those primaries in the general election, vote them out. Republicans, they do not deserve to be in office ever again because they're they are a syndicate they are a mob on on breaking the law not adhering to the law and just don't give a damn about what's going what's going on or what's happening in America and we vote their asses in give them the best health care we give them the best salary and what do they do they want to fuck over everything uh, be disrespectful. Not show up at their town halls. Some Republicans are getting out because they they know by the midterms they're going to be voted out. So instead of being voted out, they quit. It doesn't matter how they get out as long as they get out. But if they stay in there long enough to be voted out, that's what's going to happen. A lot of these idiot, idiot-ass politicians fool their... Uh, uh, constituencies, uh, get out. They should just leave. All right, you've been listening to the George Wanda Jr. Show, trying to make the world a better place. And one of the ways to make the making this world a better place is to vote out all Republicans. I don't hate Republicans. I don't hate anybody. I just don't like what they're doing to the country. And I don't like the fact that they will not stick up and represent the people who put their asses in office. They'd rather stick up and vote for somebody who's gonna throw them under the bus, call them names, treat them like dirt and garbage. That's who they're sticking up for. And he doesn't pay their salary, you and I do. I'm talking about Donald Trump. I mean, they are so afraid of this man, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. And they are nothing but his trained monkeys. They are Donald Trump's uh they are Donald Trump's trained monkeys. And he will throw them under the bus just as fat. He would still adhere to this man. Like he's their king, like he's their emperor. And some places Donald in some places the Donald Trump supporters are saying that he's their king and their emperor. But that are getting a lot of this press, which which they should not get. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is about off the air. It's almost 723 in 7.23 in the city of Chicago. And I hope it's – the rain has stopped. I mean, it had rained a, a little – the rain actually began again. It had stopped. It was pouring down. You know what I think? I think the rain – for uh, Chicago is basically for the flowers, the trees. Uh, Remember, because every spring, May, April, you get a lot of rain because the rain indicates it's for the soil out here, (laughs) the grass and all that stuff for for it to grow, the flowers to bloom and all that kind of thing. The birds to come around pretty soon singing. So it's a sign of springtime. But uh, when you see the rain coming down, you know it's going to be messing with the computer, or, uh, Wi-Fi, or whatever, or, or or ground control links, or, or whatever. Uh, especially if you're doing uh, uh, internet radio, I, I like to call it internet radio. A lot of people like to say podcast. I, I like to call it internet radio, and a lot of people who contact me and talk and tell me things about the show just said, "George, I." I your podcast. And I want to say, hey, it's not a podcast. It's a radio show, it's an internet radio show. Because I think that's what most people think of it, think of it as when they're asking to be guests on the show. Think of it as an internet radio show. And there's a a lot of listeners. I mean, listeners all over the world. Um and that's one of the greatest things I think that I like about the show is that um listeners all over the world i mean i've gotten i've gotten calls from people in australia canada uh, all over the place you know and uh, that that's very exciting that's very uh relaxing and it's very generating and it makes me want to do more and more and more of it because i see that i'm not only getting listeners in america but way well outside of america where there is internet uh, capabilities And that's great. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. And uh, it says Melania Trump undergoes kidney procedure. The first lady is expected to remain hospitalized at Walter Reed for several days, her office says. Wow. It would that would have been nice if if it would have been Donald Trump, if it could have been Donald Trump. (laughs) but it seems like Donald Trump never gets sick. Did you see the photograph of Donald Trump eating McDonald's french fries and a Big Mac? This is this this is his nutrition. Yeah, he eat, he was eating a, a a thing of fries. Wow, I was wondering if he put ketchup on it or something. I mean, this is totally unpresidential, don't you think? And uh I mean, somebody his age, somebody my age, that would be considered as heart attack food. <laughs> Donald Trump is eating. Uh, so I guess it's true when people said that Donald Trump sits around watching television and eating fast foods. Uh, there was a few pictures of that. So you have to kind of believe it. And. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Join the Show. It is still daylight. Daylight Savings Time has kicked in. It's beautiful. Summer is coming. That's beautiful, and uh, it's uh, it's just a great time to be alive in America. I think. Don't you think that? Yes, you do. All right. Can what? Can I have a drum roll to make sure I'm still on the air? <laughs> drum roll. all right drum roll <laughs> all right i think i i think i hit it about two or three times to try to get it because we we are having some difficulty here folks in terms of uh um uh, strong internet because we've had some really really turbulent weather about two or three minutes ago and this morning and all of that affects the uh uh the internet and and plus a lot of people are probably logged onto the internet and when a lot of when millions and millions of people are logged onto the internet Um, it slows down also. So, you know, and um, know that already, at least my listeners know that. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air.
1: Up the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Never, never saw mm-hmm. Never help the black man if he struggles one more day. Never help the white man if he turns back away. Never help the man who kiss the man that's um...
0: Thank everybody, for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. You guys have a great day, a great weekend, a great evening, whichever one comes first. And thank you so much for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Don't forget to go check out my books on Amazon and short stories. They're all there and they're all good. righty. right. Bye-bye, everybody. Hope you join me tomorrow.